How you doing? Welcome to Tuesday Talkies, where we discuss what's going on in the world of music business. I'm Peter Swing. Joins me are my fellow co-hosts, Sam Tall, Ayesha Damo, Stephanie Carlin, and the Duke. If there's something you'd like to chime in about, let us hear your thoughts in the comments below. So today, the team is going to talk about stream ripping's effects on the business, Apple ads, music recognition features, and reinvigorating your creative process. And also, what is next for live musicians? And happy fall. We have a lot to cover. So let's get over to it. Um, so we're going to kind of jump around. I know the order's gone. We, we're going to have like, you know, talk about this, that. But we're going to mix things up because this was really cool. Um, wait a second. I, I do. Wait. Hold on. Modern technology here. Okay, so I do see Sam. Sam, are, are you there? Hey, folks. Sorry, I'm a little late. I was talking to my interns. Okay, <laughs> hold on a second. Let me let me uh, let me cue up Sam over here. Sam, <laughs> Sam, what's going on, Sam? How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Peter? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. We were just about to kind of like rearrange the order and everything, and then I just kind of saw this. You pop up out of the corner of my eye over here on the monitors. So yeah, for, for behind the scenes, I got like five monitors over here. So I just look at, so if I'm not looking at this, if I'm not looking at you, I'm like looking over here going, what's going wrong there? So uh, right. glad you, glad, hey, Sam, Sam, glad you could join us. <laughs> I'm glad I could join you too. All right. All right. So well, let's talk about this music business worldwide article. Uh, where they were talking about a freshly released study carried out on behalf of Collection Society PRS for Music shows that overall usage of music-only stream-ripping services in the UK increased by a whopping 1,390% in the three years between October 2016 and 2019. So, uh, you know, is this much to do about nothing, or is this a group that's concerned about a new era of Napster, LimeWire, and all that? So what's your thoughts, Sam? <laughs> well, so my thoughts are that this is, it's kind of a good problem to have. Um, I know that's a controversial take. I know it's kind of, it's questionable to suggest that stream ripping and copyright infringement and all these things are actually healthy. Um, but what it shows us is that there's a lot of demand for music and not as much access as the consumer would like. So the resolution here is something a lot more macro and a lot broader than what typically labels and rights owners are keen to usually suggest, which is clamping down, trying to shut these platforms down, which to be clear, I don't support the infringement of rights. I don't support these platforms enabling people to break the law. But maybe it's a matter of the fact that the market is demanding something else and the law should follow or the practices should follow. And we know that the market moves faster than the court system or the legislative system in any country, uh, even the most progressive in terms of their copyright regimes. However, we know from the Napster era, we know from the LimeWire era, when you police downloads that tightly and make public enemy out of regular people, you ruin the reputation and you make it more of a problem. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. What you can do is encourage people towards a better solution. And that's frankly what streaming was intended to do, was take people out of this world of like, well, we can't access all the music we want. There's, it's too expensive. It's not easy or intuitive. Well, here's a platform now that you can pay into access all the music you want. Still, there seems to be a problem of access. Granted, technology changes, phones become more prolific. We live in a future that we did not conceive of 10 years ago when Spotify hit our shores in the US. 
and every other platform since then. I think this gives us an opportunity, if we look at it that way, to arrive at that next version. And we should start planning for that now, not trying to hamper you know, ways to you know, rip streams. People are just trying to get access to the stuff, trying to put it on a device and take it offline. And they just don't have that ability with YouTube or with Spotify free. Maybe there's a way to monetize that. Maybe there's a way to create opportunity. Maybe there's a way to pay artists for that activity, for that user who's not economically advantaged enough to pay 10 or $14 a month. I think there's an opportunity. I don't think we need to worry. I think we need to take advantage. You know, one thing that was really interesting in the white paper, and uh, I'll put mm -hmm. the link to the Music Business Worldwide article, which t talks more about it and has a link to the white paper. The thing that they were really focused on in the white paper was not necessarily the damage it's doing to the industry, but the focus was on that, you know, it is on an increase usage, but the thing they were talking about is that it's, they were generating revenue. And that's what the concern was. And just going back to your last point there, where it was like, oh, well, you know, is there a way to monetize this? Because if you shut it down, then it's like you're shutting down and all the kids right. are going to rebel and things like that. But if you figure out a way to monetize, I mean, going back to we never did it, but like in Canada, uh, any blank cassette tapes, a blank medium had a tax on it that would go into the musician's pool. OK, so there'd be some sort of well. fun. Right. So we never had something like that. But if there's a way to say, OK, we're going to legalize or work something out for these kind of services, but we need to. But but the thing is, it's all built on. Well, the music industry was built on crooks and cheats, but these kind of services are put on, built on crooks and cheats. But then it's then saying like Spotify steps in or Apple steps and says, right. we're going to lobby and not allow this to happen. I think the important thing to remember, too, is that this is where YouTube started. YouTube was itself a stream ripping site. It was where bootleg content ended up for public consumption for free and was monetizing on behalf of the platform. Mm -hmm. And the labels eventually said, no, we're not doing this. But then Google's like, uh -uh, but we're too big to fight. You gotta collaborate with us, you can't kill us. Right. And then, the result was, now we have over a billion dollars a year in new revenue that didn't exist for the record business before. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do this, we have templates. We had just have to think sort of orthogonally as opposed to directly the way that we used to. Right. And, and even going back, like, you know, this, again, this, none of this is new, like, it's like not stealing, but taking whatever you want to refer to mm -hmm. it as from like, say, YouTube's back end. Uh, I remember Songza, Songza um, with uh, Elias Roman, which was Amy Street, uh, which he found in Amy Street and then Amazon bought that. And then Amazon invested in Songza. And, but he, before he kind of took over in Songza, originally how they did their radio playlists were back end pulling the music off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. So if somebody queued up this radio station and songs, it was actually pulling YouTube when he came in and took that over. He like he cleared that all up. But, you know, this whole getting stuff from YouTube is nothing new. Entirely. And I mean, like, look, it's the newest vo newest form of taping the radio. You know, popping a cassette mm -hmm. into your 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 radio, hitting the record button exactly when the song comes on that you want to have. Like, that's why we had the blank media taxes happen around the world is because of that. We know how to do this. And I just, it's like, I know that this white paper doesn't really gonna go into the risks or the penalties or the reactions, 
But every single person I've seen talk about these findings, which are really recent, and it's kind of only circulating at like the upper level of like philosopher kings of the music business for now. I hope it stays there because those are the folks who are like, you know, the old heads who remember chasing down Napster and grandma's uh, downloading mm-hmm. things they didn't realize. Like these are the folks who could get it wrong if we let them. And I think we have an opportunity to kind of get ahead of those sort of contentious opinions and look at this not as a problem. Um, I just hope that we can read this for what it is. These stats are what they are. They're not a bellwether or an omen, an omen of the doom and gloom of, you know, the end of the music business mm-hmm. part two. Right, right. All right. Thank you, Sam. No, this is really interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, we spoke about this probably a month ago. Uh, Quibi, have you heard the rumors? They're looking, they might be no. selling. Oh, well, finally. Yeah. I was wondering so, at what point it was going to hit the fire sale. Yeah. So, so it's, I mean, their, 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 uh, comms team denied it, but, uh, I think it was Deadline of Variety, uh, has, uh, has an article that it's, uh, starting up in the rumor mill now. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, they did just win two Emmys. So, all right. Thanks, Sam. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Yes. So, um, you know, we're talking about music discovery and finding music and all these apps. So is, uh ios you know apple's iphone system uh 14 okay so if you haven't updated to 14 it's you're probably getting some alerts it's out there uh for like the betas beta developers so there's a lot of changes but they're going to add a new shazam music recognition uh feature in their control center so in this uh new feature is going to let you discover music playing around you and it recognizes the music playing within apps even when you're wearing airpods so songs pop up as notifications and you can tap to listen in apple music and that's according to mac rumors so uh here with his perspective on the matter is the duke what's up dave how are you I am well. I am blessed. Um, yes. This is a very interesting uh, topic, Shazam. In uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's almost like we're getting into Big Brother land um, with music. Um, well, everything's right, so already tracked anyway, mind. so I'm going to let you ride. <laughs> right, so this, this is my perspective, and it, and it's kind of like it's kind of like um, I've never heard, and I've I, actually I'm, let me rephrase this. I've heard one Ariana Grande song in my life, and it's the one that she just did with Lady Gaga. Previous to that, I had never heard an Ariana Grande song in my life, and it didn't change me in any capacity, right? Because Ariana Grande is not bringing anything into my life that I don't already have. Okay, now I started playing saxophone in third grade. Music has been my best friend my whole life. So why is it that? One of the biggest artists in the world brings nothing into my life, but I love music so much, and yet she's allegedly supposedly making music, right? So it's an interesting concept of of the radio playing songs, constantly feeding us things that we don't necessarily even need. So there's the music business, and then there's music. What is the purpose of music? Music is human, it's vibrations, it's healing, it's, it's something that we all need like food, right? But music business, we don't all need that, right? And so when the music business meets the music, sometimes it gets wishy-washy. It doesn't make a yin and yang. It's, it, it gets strange. And when the radio is constantly playing you these 10 Drake songs and, and it's like, wow, man, I never listen to the radio. Why don't I listen to the radio? Because there's nothing there for me. Now, if you add Shazam into my phone, which I do need, 
and the Shazam is going to tell me every song that's playing in my sphere. Now it's telling me every Ariana Grande song. It's telling me every Drake song. And I didn't want that to begin with, right? So the big brother now is not going just from, if you notice on Facebook, every time you make a new friend, it tells you, hey man, now you should add this person that you just got off the phone with. How do you know that Facebook? Because we're listening to you. Now you're going to tell me what songs I am supposed to be listening to for my well-being, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel well. Um, to, to know that Ariana Grande is playing in the car next to me and Drake is now playing in the next car next to me. It doesn't add anything to my life. I love Shazam, but I love YouTube more because YouTube actually refers things that are like the things that I am currently watching. I'm watching things that I like and YouTube is showing me more things that I also might like. Shazam and Spotify don't do that. And I think that's a big uh, crux in the whole system. And then the last piece I'm going to say is every time there's a new technology, there's a new way that hackers can manipulate it. So I feel that the Shazam adding on your phone, there's also a way to manipulate that, that you can use it to your benefit. But I don't think that adding more Ari Ariana Grande into my uh, consumerism is going to benefit me or anybody else on this show, actually. And uh, Enstein. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. It's, you know, the, the thing about these, uh, you know, I get you with radio and it seems like, you know, and, but that's always been an issue with radio. And like you talk to people on radio and they're like, our goal is not to entertain people like you. It's to entertain the mid 30 to mid 40 something year old, a 50 year old person that's going to the store and just wants to hear the one song they really know and like, and just have that upbeat. And that's why they would only, they ballads were very rarely uh, played. So, but the thing is, you know, these algorithms that the way and each company's different, like switch shopping with Amazon suggestions, or if I buy a bicycle, next thing I know in my Google mail, it's like, hey, here's a whole bunch of bicycles. Well, well, first and foremost, I already bought the bicycle. So you're a little late on that. But second is like, it becomes so broad that it's like, if you listen, if I Shazam say one song, and I'm not using it, I don't know if this is actually, but I'm saying if I bought one song, I'd listen to one song on the internet, an Ariana Grande song. And it's like, all of a sudden the suggestion is like, hey, you played an Ariana Grande song. We think you like music. And we'll like all these other things that are all like her. And and you have to be really careful about like what you listen to or you have to go into private mode and things like that. So you don't like, I mean, I've listened, I've messed up my Spotify algorithms by saying, I'm going to go on like a 50s doo-wop. Just, I just want to listen for, to doo-wop for the, for the day. Next thing I know, all my suggestions are all doo-wop. I'm like, no, I just wanted that for the day. It's interesting. Um, you might like um, Karate Kid, but you might not want to watch two seasons of Cobra Kai. You might, but you might not. But um, if you watch Karate Kid, I can guarantee you, as soon as you flip up Netflix, Cobra Kai is coming on. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, don't eat. There's somebody did a study, uh, and I don't remember the article, but somebody did a study that they did a fresh account, a clean account on Netflix, and played only a specific genre of muse, um, movies, like just horror movies, just B, B movie, horror movies, whatever it was. And basically, the algorithm was just saying Netflix was just would just start promoting whatever their release was. So Netflix doesn't even really care. It's like they were constantly it was like every second or third one was here's a new Netflix comedy. But it's like I just listened to horror and it was suggest, you know, I just watched 20 horror films for a week, entire week. But now you're suggesting you would like this rom-com. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely also tailored to what 
that service provider wants to get in into you in front of you. And also the advertisers, how much they're paying. <laughs> so oh, thanks. Yeah. To, no, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different story. All right, thanks, Dave. Always enjoy your perspective on this. So um, happy fall, everybody. But a lot of people aren't saying fall. They want to they wanna focus on this falling, world is burning kind of thing and, you know, the fall of Western civilization. So a lot of people have changed over to a happy autumn. So uh, with that said, autumnal, autumnal vibes. It's that time of year, pumpkin spice everything, if that's what you're into. I personally, I'm not really a big fan or a fan at all, but uh, apple picking's cool, cooler weather, hoodies, okay. Uh, it is time to uh, reinvigorate your creative process. So to talk about how to harness the excitement that's in the air right now and use it towards your creativity is Ayesha Adamo. Hey, Ayesha, how you doing? Hello. Here, what do you have against pumpkin spice, first of all? I just... <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't get it. I. I, I actually had my first pumpkin spice coffee uh, like a week ago or something. I tested it out. I was like, let me try this. And I, I don't even, it's it's such an artificial taste. It's just, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, pumpkin pie, I'm a fan of pumpkin pie, but like this artificial chemical, whatever it is, just, I don't get it. But hey, Fair. you know, <laughs> so, so what do you, you got like for us? <laughs> you know, I mean, it is autumnal equinox today i've got my my autumn scarf here looking very you know ready for it um decorative gourd season you know if you don't know about decorative gourd season just look it up on youtube second video um so i'm here in the anarchist jurisdiction of new york city um you know just keeping it calm all the crazy things going on outside like picnics and walks in the park just whoa um, I'm wondering when we're going to get like gift economy and all the other things of the anarchist jurisdiction. But anyway, I digress. It's that time of year. It's back to school. You know, it's it's Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of a new year. It's so many things, the fall. I just love this season. And it's a great time of year to look at what we've got going on in our artistic careers, some of our goals, and reassess. So... I know for me, when I was a little youngin, um, every year with back to school, it was like a new chance, right? For me, I was like, uh, this is the year I'm going to be popular. I know it. This is the year it's going to happen. Or like, you know, things begin at this time of year. Actually, um, one of my old friends, uh, who's quite a successful poet now, Ariana Reigns, just to say, oh, the fall has this revolutionary energy. It's like, the October Revolution, you know, where we just things are edgy and and anything could happen. Um, so I think it's a great time to like get into that mode. Um, so magically speaking, today is autumnal equinox, and what what is that? What is autumnal equinox? Like we all talk about it, um, but actually, what it is is a time of year when the energies of the universe just take a pause for a moment. And just assess and realign with what's to come and readjust their, their grid works to where the earth plane is going right now. It's as though the various iterations of the God forms and the universal force itself is just taking a step back and repositioning and saying, okay, this is what's going on in the earth plane. And this is where it's going. And this is what the structure needs to be. So it's a great time for restructuring. So because of these energies and because of the new year energy of 
Rosh Hashanah, which back to school, like the whole new year thing that happens in September. It's a great opportunity for artists to just look at what we've got going on and revisit, I know it's tough, those 2020 goals. Now, I know this year has been kind of a doozy for us all. And we all probably made some of those promises to ourselves or resolutions or a list of uh, challenges and goals for 2020 back in January. And January was a very different time in the world. A lot has happened since January. So give yourself a break when you're looking back at that list, when you're reassessing. It's not the time to beat yourself up. In fact, if you've changed course, that's okay. It's okay to be a completely new person right now, because in a year like this, that's the kind of changes that are going on. So it's okay to look back at that list and say, mm, this doesn't fit me anymore. Let it go. Let it go like the trees are letting go of their leaves. Just let go of that old stuff. Look at that list. Take a breath. And just look at that list and say, okay, I got this one done, that one done. Pat yourself on the back. That one, that's not me anymore. X that one off. And maybe you replace it with something different. Maybe you replace it with something that resonates with who you are now in September of 2020. What you want your life to be about now in 2020. You know, um, in the last episode, uh, Stephanie mentioned uh, thinking about your legacy. This is a great time to do that with, with looking at your goals. Revisit, okay, what do I want my legacy to be moving forward? How can I realign my energies to be a structure for that to happen? So this is a great time of year to do that. And I hope you will. And I hope that, you know, go easy on yourself. You don't need to, to beat yourself up about becoming someone different. Because change is what it's all about. It's what this time of year is all about. So embrace it. Enjoy it. Enjoy those shellac decorative vegetables and gourd season and pumpkin spice and the energies of a new year. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, so what? Tell us about that YouTube video at the the pumpkin gourds. <laughs> so, um, there's this famous uh, article from McSweeney's by Colin Nissan, and uh, and a lot of people. Well, I've done it as a monologue, and it is, uh, yeah. It's quite popular on YouTube, but it's, you know, it's decorative gourd season, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Love it. All right. Thank you so much. Great, great outlook. And yes, definitely is a, right now is a great time to recharge your batteries. Fresh air, cooler temperatures. It's invigorating. So, all right. On the flip side then. So COVID, okay, has decimated the live music sector. And uh, while many are fighting to support venues and live music, Congress is in a gridlock. Well, well, what's new on that? But here to discuss broken leadership and what's next for the live musician is Stephanie Carlin. Stephanie, what say you on this? Hello, Peter. Hey. Um, huh, well, you know, it's been a little difficult uh, mm -hmm. for me to find updates on the Save Our Stages bill. But a few days before this airing, the New York Post reported Chuck Schumer, senator in New York, who co-sponsored the bill. He says that $12 million is going to big theaters like Broadway. And as an addendum in the article, mm -hmm. it added, oh, yeah, and there's a cut for smaller 
venues as well. All right. Okay, well, we great. do have a, going to have the link to the article, so take it away. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this bill's been stalled in Congress, and meanwhile, we have a dying industry here, and with death comes rebirth. Yeah. Um, maybe a little controversial, but I just want to say that I'm so excited for the rebirth of our industry because so many parts of it just weren't working before. So much of the music industry is embedded in old technology, old paradigms, old thought processes, old hustles that maybe are no longer needed. And this is a really profound opportunity to elevate if we let ourselves. But I think one of the things that halts us collectively when ushering in a new paradigm is how caught up we are, both as a collective and individually, in harping on the way things used to be or the way they should be. And we get resentful. And resentment is a, just like this feeling of anger or ill will at someone or something that you see as wrong or unjustified or just insulting. And if you've been impacted by these venues shutting down, if this was your lifeblood and now it's illegal, well, you got some really justified resentment. But unfortunately, resentment is also one of the most corrosive, toxic, energetic tethers that us human beings deal with. And when we're resentful, we're going to bleed the energy that we need to pivot and to innovate. And personally, I'm an expert at resentment. Uh, I held the belief for 17 years that the music industry will hurt me. So no matter what success I achieved, I had this belief that the industry as a whole will hurt me. And it blocked almost every manifestation that I wanted until that point. So all that energy I spent about being right about the music industry never once led me to what I truly wanted. And when I released that belief, there's a lot of freedom, a lot of room to pivot, a lot of room for innovation. So if you're not seeing the results you want to see, you may want to look at the energetics of what's happening. Where are you resentful? And starting now, what does it mean to actually move forward in this autumnal equinox as a leader in this industry, can you even see yourself moving forward? Or are you waiting around for normal to come back? So do your civic duty, go to saveourstages.com where you can auto-generate a letter to Congress urging them to pass this bill sometime in this goddamn century, and then go do what you do best, create, innovate, dream things into existence, speak truth, feel, make great art, usher in this new paradigm. We need you to lead it. So those are my thoughts on that, Peter. Right on. Yeah. And uh, I think there was something I know the mayor's office, New York City mayor's office, meeting and entertainment, they've been putting out some updates. And I know the theater is something different. Um, there was an announcement and maybe it just came out uh, and you'll probably see it today. I saw something earlier today from Marauder, which uh, which is Moose, which he's in, he's in charge of it. He's overseeing it. So uh, definitely there there are some updates and you know, pay attention to that. So thank you all so much. Yeah, this has been great. So um, 
that's going to be it for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you want to continue the conversation, leave a comment below. And if you find this interesting, hit that subscribe button. It's either on one of these sides and ring the notification bell to be alerted about new shows. You can also find us at musicindustrycity.com and on your preferred podcast player. Thank you again to our hosts, St Sam, Aisha, Stephanie, and the Duke. Have a rocking day and see you next time.